Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Connor Hogan, PhD. You're welcome to The Doc Connor Show. So, how can you change your life? Well, you need to learn this first. So, in order to change your life, you need to learn this eye opening speech because this will lead you to where you are right now to assess where you have been since 2009 why because in 2009 in america one of the greatest nations in the world most populous and yet most free and open that was when barack obama the president the u.s president had his inauguration speech and it was a fame speech for years after it was in reaction to the world recession also which happened a year earlier now, as you listen, think about how this world, or your world even, has changed since. Try to think about it from a work point of view, from a technology point of view at the very least. And with that in mind, that is how you can control your life from here on in. So let's get into that speech and get the nitty gritty out of the way. Then we're going to really pick the bones of it and see how it affects you. So on the 20th of January, 2009, Obama said, quote unquote my fellow citizens i stand here today humbled by the task before us grateful for the trust you have bestowed mindful of the sacrifices borne by our ancestors i thank president bush for his services to our nation as well as the generosity and cooperation he has shown throughout this transition 44 americans have now taken the presidential oath the words have been spoken during rising tides of prosperity and still waters of peace. Yet, every so often, the oath is taken amidst gathering clouds and raging storms. At these moments, America has carried on not simply because of the skill or vision of those in high office, but because we the people have remained faithful to the ideals of our forebears and true to our founding doc documents. So it has been, so it must be, with this generation of Americans. That we are in the midst of crisis is now well understood. Our nation is at war against a far-reaching network of violence and hatred. Our economy is badly weakened, a consequence of greed and irresponsibility on the part of some, but also our collective failures to make hard choices and prepare the nation for a new age. Homes have been lost, jobs shed, businesses shuttered. Our health care is too costly, our schools fail too many, and each day brings further evidence that the ways we use energy strengthen our adversaries and threaten our planet. These are the indicators of crisis, subject to data and statistics. Less measurable, but no less profound, is the sapping of confidence across our land, and nagging fear that America's decline is inevitable, and that the next generation must lower its sights. Today I say to you that the challenges we face are real. They are serious and there are many. They will not be met easily or in a short span of time. But know this America, they will be met. On this day we gather because we have chosen hope over fear, unity of purpose over conflict and discord. On this day we come to proclaim an end to the petty grievances and false promises the recriminations and worn-out dogmas that too far, too long strangle our politics. We remain a young nation, but in the words of Scripture, 
The time has come to set aside childish things. The time has come to reaffirm our enduring spirit, to choose our better history, to carry forward that precious gift, that noble idea, passed on from generation to generation. The God-given promise that all are equal, all are free, and all deserve a chance to pursue their full measure of happiness. In reaffirming the greatness of our nation, we understand that greatness is a never a given. It must be earned. Our journey has never been one of shortcuts or settling for less. It has not been the path of the faint-hearted for those who prefer leisure over work or seek only the pleasures of riches and fame. Rather, it has been the risk-takers, the doers, the makers of things. Some celebrated, but more often men and women obscure in their labour who have carried us up along rugged paths towards prosperity and freedom. For us, they packed up their few worldly possessions and travelled across oceans in search of a new life. For us, they toiled in sweatshops and settled the West, endured the lash of the whip and powered the hard earth. For us, they fought and died in places like Concord and Gettysburg, Normandy and in Kishan. Time and again, these men and women struggled and sacrificed and worked till their hands were raw so that we might live a better life. They saw America as bigger than the sum of our individual ambitions, greater than all the differences of birth or wealth or faction. This is the journey we continue today. We remain the most prosperous, powerful nation on earth. Our workers are no less productive than when this crisis began. Our minds are no less inventive. Our goods and services no less needed than they were last week or last month or last year. Our capacity remains undiminished, but our time of standing pat, of protecting narrow interests and putting off unpleasant decisions, that time has surely passed. Starting today, we must pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and begin again the work of remaking America. For everywhere we look, there is work to be done. The state of the economy calls for action, bold and swift, and we will act not only to create new jobs, but to lay a new foundation for growth. We will build the roads and bridges, the electric grids and digital lines that feed our commerce and bind us together. We will restore science to its rightful place and wield technology's wonders to raise healthcare's quality and lower its costs. We will harness the sun and the winds and the soil to fuel our cars and run our factories. We will transform our schools and colleges and universities to meet the demands of a new age. All this we can do and all this we will do. Now, there are some who question the scale of our ambitions, who suggest that our system cannot toler tolerate too many big plans. Their memories are short, for they have forgotten what this country has already done. What free men and women can achieve when imagination is joined to common purpose and necessity to courage? What the cynics fail to understand is that the ground has shifted beneath them, that the state political arguments that have consumed us for so long no longer apply. The question we ask today is not whether our government is too big or too small, but whether it works, whether it helps families find jobs at a decent wage, care they can afford, a retirement that is dignified, whereas the answer is yes, we intend to move forward. Where you answer is no, programs will end 
and those of us who manage the public's dollars will be held to account to spend wisely, reform bad habits and do our business in the light of day because only then can we restore the vital trust between our people and their government. Nor is the question before us whether the market is a force and good or ill. Its power to generate wealth and expand freedom is unmatched. But this crisis has reminded us that without the watchful eye, the market can spin out of control. And that's a nation cannot prosper long when it favours only the prosperous. The success of our economy has always depended on not just the size of the gross domestic product, but on the reach of our prosperity, on the ability to extend opportunity to every willing heart, not out of charity, but because it is the surest route to our common good. As for our common defence, we reject as false the choice between our safety and our ideals. Our founding fathers faced the perils we can scarcely imagine, drafted a charter to assure the rule of law and the rights of man, a charter expanded by the blood of generations. These ideals still light the world and we will not give them up for experience's sake. And so on. His speech continued. That was in 2009, Obama's inaugural speech. And that was one year after the 2008 recession, world recession, that came overnight. Then, years later, in 2017, Trump came into power and he was a Republican. So let's think back. We had Obama, who was a Democratic leader, the first black president, whose roots came from Africa, amongst other places who mentioned that in his inaugural speech, that the toils of men from other lands and so on and so forth. He mentioned that this economy is ailing and we need to create jobs and so on and so forth. He mentioned that technologies was needed to change and science and the wonders of technologies needed to be helped. All of this too was problems that was inherited a few years later by yet another Republican in Donald Trump because it was from George W. Bush that Obama had taken over in the first place. So from one Republican to another, a lot of what he had said there in that great speech, and it was a great speech, was to do with old regards, old guards, old things happening by older generations of ways of doing things. And yet, as good and all as Obama did, and hey, I'm not political with this, I'm not even American. I'm just saying it's a great example of a speech that was heralded even years later as a fantastic speech, and it was. But still, it was to do with the speaker because there was many holes in that speech. He even admitted that critics said that he was, or his administration probably would not be able to withstand the amount of ambitious things they needed to do in that administration. And he was correct in saying that because as it turned out, the problems were inherited by the next presidency, by Donald Trump. And people criticized Trump, and rightly so in many ways, but he too got work going and needed to get work going too. So, nor am I a Republican nor a Democrat of America, but the point being is that great speeches such as this that can make people's hair stand on end simply because they're delivered by these experts like Obama. These things can not be seen as unbelievably bulletproof. Why? Because things change. The fullness of time judges politics, judges speeches like that. But you too can speak. You too can create a fantastic speech. You too can make it so that your speech lasts the fullness of time. In order to change your life, you need to learn that speech. No, in order to change that speech, 
into your speech. You too can change your life. Your life is what you make it. Speak it. Do it. It's that simple. Sure, things like the 2008 recession will come, but they will go. One thing for sure from Obama's speech was grind your way through it. Be solid together. Get people around you that are good. Admire the hard workers. Times change. Things change. But you too can make the speech. Make that mantra if only to yourself and change your life. And that will be the way that you will learn to change your life for good and for the better. Until next time, thank you for watching. If you haven't subscribed already, please do. If you have already, thank you very much. Until next time, have a nice day.